Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. All Justin wants to do right now is football. That's all he cares about. He just wants to be the best quarterback he can possibly be. He wants us to be able to teach him everything we can teach him. He wants to be able to learn from Andy. Coach Flip and Coach Laser are doing a phenomenal job right now, man. You want to talk about obsessed and passionate about helping these quarterbacks out? It's, it's neat to see. You feel it. And we just got to keep that going. And again, work to that plan that we talked about with all those quarterbacks and then just just uh, just let these guys grow at their own pace and then let us be able to evaluate them. Feels like bear season starts tomorrow, uh, but it doesn't. I mean, the baseball season is so good right now. I want to ride this thing out, too, uh, before we get to bear season. But it is very difficult not to be excited about what will happen in September. I don't know if the team's going to be, like, good, legitimately good, but they probably have a legitimate quarterback. Chris Ranji on the score as we go to the guest hotline and we bring in Mark Potash of the Chicago Sun-Times covering the Bears. He's been uh, covering sports in this city for a very long time, and this is the first time I've ever spoken to Mark, ever. We have never talked. I don't even know if we've ever crossed paths before, but Mark is with us on the score. Good evening, sir. How are you? I probably rip you a few times after some Sox games if uh, if I remember, but uh, maybe not. No, you probably did. You probably told me to shut the hell up. You. Stupid I used to idiot. call those those post game shows though when I was younger, so uh, it would have been I would have been what, one of them. Let's put it that way. Let me let me ask you this question: what what is the uh, what is the thing I said that made you the angriest? Do you remember? No, the only thing um, that kind of always irked me was how your take always kind of fell in line with the White Sox, and then there would be call after call, and then invariably somebody would call you on that, and you would just be incredulous that that you know that that was happening because you felt like, and I think you were independently, 
you know, thinking along those lines. But I guess that comes with the territory. Um, so I think that's what I remember people getting upset about that was that it was always it always seemed like it was the company line and stuff like that. And and um, uh, but I can't think of anything in particular, a White Sox thing or whatever. Uh, but uh, but, though, you know, that was you know, that was those are very interesting uh, that had to be an interesting experience for you chris to to kind of go through that especially now seeing that they're that they're good yeah you know it it's a, it's a shame you don't get to kind of uh hear you know get to get the good part of it uh, when the Sox are actually good although i'm sure Sox fans have plenty to complain about just just knowing their nature well i mean they, they're they're complaining about the manager now that's what it is uh this is this is a very different time with the Sox. like what what I when I was there, I mean, you you know, you they win a World Series, and then you come in thinking they're going to be good immediately after that, and they were kind of. I mean, they were ninety win team when I did that first season, uh, but ninety wins wasn't good enough to get to the postseason that year. Um, that was it was just a very interesting time. I did get to see four playoff games, so that was cool. Yeah, I thought the interesting things like for you and your I think you were in a tough spot because they were they teased you a lot. They were always they were I don't think they were ever really horrible where you could say, Yeah, you know, right. Joe from well, you know, wherever, you're right. And so I think you all you know, you had reason to say, Yeah, Don Cooper says this. So we believe that so and so is gonna be better. I, I you know, I understood I, I could I could see that and I think that's what they were always in between. They're they're always kind of just there. But if you look at the, if you take a step back and look at the big picture, they just really haven't been very successful since that World Series. And I think that's probably what frustrates people is the long term. You know, the big picture look is hey, you yeah. know, they've always been so close. They're always so close. And you're right. All the all these things you're saying are right. But yet, and you look at the big picture, they've you know how many playoff games have they won? You know, even including last year, which. I don't even know if that's considered a playoff. So it's, I think it's been frustrating for White Sox fans from from a, from a big picture standpoint. Tell you the Honestly, truth. I, I I think their I I think their hearts were in the right place, and I think they were. There are some teams that are just um, they're just not trying, you know. And I think the Sox did for a long time. They really seriously were trying and thought they were doing the right things to make that team better. It just didn't work. Like you don't yeah, go get Adam Dunn, who hit 40 home runs for a straight decade, <clears throat> and and think he's going to show up and hit 120, you know, and hit 11 home runs or 12 or whatever right. it was. Like right. that's, I mean, come on, that doesn't happen. Well, what Adam Dunn was more concerned about his on base percentage than his batting average and, and and slugging percentage. That always irked me. I remember that. I just yeah. don't think power hitters should be concerned. That, I remember talking to him at spring training about that. That, uh, that kind of thing, I think that kind of frustrated people, was not only that he wasn't uh, performing, but it was that he just seemed like, uh, I don't know, it just didn't seem like he was uh, looking at it from the right perspective, I guess. I remember that episode. Yeah, I'm, I'm not exactly sure what his mindset was. I'm sure he was trying to live up to a contract. They always say that, right? Um, but, yeah, that, that was a monumental failure, and I – I, I think it's shocking that it worked out that way. All right, let's talk about a thing that I hope is not a failure. Um, this is, like, I mean, you're a Southside guy, right? You're you you grew up a Bears fan. When you're covering I'm a Southside native, yes, and yeah, I grew when, up on the North Side, so uh, I'm okay. a I am I'm a Cubs and Sox fan, tr- try uh, uh, through and through. You're both okay. a rare breed. We, yeah, which is, we were just talking about that earlier. That's okay. Some people think you got to pick one and hate the other. I think that's fine if you do that, but I think it's also fine if you're uh, interested in both and, and rooting for them. Now, um, this team, as, as you get a, a better look 
at Justin Fields for the first time. What is your overall impression of this? Because I remember how excited we were about Cutler, just because it seemed like we were getting a real dude. But even this feels better than that. We didn't know how it was going to play out with him. But this feels like a different vibe than what that was. Well, yeah, with Cutler, it was a little bit different deal because he was also a proven commodity. He had been to the Pro Bowl. He'd thrown for, I think, 4,000 yards once. And, 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 and you knew that he had it in him. But uh, I, to me, there's no difference when I watch Justin Fields and even maybe even a guy like Cutler, but certainly Trubisky, that this is a different kind of cat. And, and uh, I just, I, I, that doesn't mean he's going to be successful because, you know, he's got to be coached well. He's got to be in a good, well-conceived offense. Uh, he has to have weapons. I mean, things have to fall in place. That's why a lot of times these guys don't work out is because those things don't come to fruition. But when you just, just by watching him, just the way he throws, the way he handles himself, just in general, just watch and, and knowing what he's done, um, it's a much different vibe uh, watching him uh, than it was Trubisky because as much excitement as there was about Trubisky uh, because he wasn't Cutler, he was new, he, it just wasn't the same thing. There was always, there was always a sense of doubt. And uh, did they evaluate this guy right? And I don't think there's that same... I think it's just the opposite with with Justin Fields. We we still don't know, but I'm just saying when you talk about the vibe, how people feel, it's a it's a totally you can tell he's a he's a totally different quarterback um, than, than than Trubisky. Let's use Trubisky as probably the better example. Um, and I, I so I, I think there's reason. I, I think there's more reason for optimism about what he can do. But like I said, there's so many other factors involved, including coaching. Um, that you know, I'm not going to tell you he's going to be a Hall of Famer. It's it's too early to tell that. Uh, talk with Mark Potash from the Chicago Sun-Times. And, and, you know, I think people like to play revisionist. revisionist. There we go, English. Um, people like to revise the way we thought about Trubisky coming in. And, well, we were excited about him, too. Uh, no, we weren't. I don't, rem- I don't recall a whole lot of people. Maybe there were a handful. And I, I know that some of the discussion about him leading into the draft was positive. And there were some teams that had him you know, number one on their boards too. But I don't recall there being the same sort of feel about Mitch when he got drafted like there is with with Fields being drafted. This is completely different. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. I mean, uh, um, uh, you know, for one thing, they, the trade they made for Trubisky, they did. You know, they probably they might not have had to have made, and so there was the there was that idea. It was just a totally different uh, feeling, and. Um, and and uh, and also, you know, Trubisky was like the guy you liked because he wasn't he was not the starter, you know. Which, you know, like I always say, the most popular player on the team is the backup quarterback when you're in a bad team. Justin Fields is going to be popular no matter how successful Andy Dalton is. If he even if he's good, uh, you know, even no matter how good he is, people are always going to still want to see Justin Fields. And I think one of the reasons for that is if this offense is good enough to make. Andy Dalton, a, a good quarterback, just think what it can do for a guy like Justin Fields. So he's going to be popular no matter what happens, and that's the difference. Whereas Trubisky was just um, he was just uh, he was Plan B. He was the he, he was he was the guy who wasn't uh, 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 Mike Lennon. So um, and that that's where most of the hope came. This is a, to, this to me is a totally different uh, optimism about what about what the quarterback can do because um, it just seems like they've got a guy who who, who 
who can do what the Bears want to do, and also it's the guy that they picked for their offense and their and their and their coach, uh, which Trubisky was not. You know, they had to change after a year. So it's yeah, it's totally different, and that's why everyone's going to be just looking, at, you know, looking forward to, you know, like you said. Feels like the football season started. It feel, yeah, people are hoping the football season would start, even with baseball going well in Chicago. I think people want the Bears season to start tomorrow if they could. Yeah, it does. It does kind of feel that way. Um, the I, I know that at practice a couple of days ago, uh, he he dropped a couple of snaps, but ultimately looked pretty good. Andy Dalton apparently did not look all that good. So. The way we're going into training camp when it actually starts is the assumption that Dalton is probably going to be the starter when it's over. But is it going to be a true competition in that if Fields does look better when it's over, they they start week one with him? Uh, I don't think it'll be a true. It won't be a true competition uh, as those things go. Uh, in in other words, they're not going to be getting equal opportunities with the number one offense and. And, and and things like that. I mean, the, the starting quarterback, well, Andy Dalton will be the starting quarterback. He'll get all the first-team reps. And um, the difference is where in 2017 they didn't give uh, Trubisky any chance at all to win the starting job. In fact, they had him number three quarterback for much of the time. I think they're going to go in with their eyes a little bit or a lot more wide open as to what can happen. And if he shows one little bit of optimism, then they might take the next step and then the next step after that. And before you know it, then they could be giving him some first-team reps. Will that be in time for him to win the job at week one? I don't think so. There's just not a, I just don't think there's, enough, there's, there's, there's too many moving parts and there's too many other people learning the offense, including Dalton. Uh, for that to happen, and not enough time, frankly, in the in the preseason, too. Uh, kind of the advantage that Russell Wilson had. He had a real good preseason game early, and that kind of got them going on that. I don't think the Bears are in that situation. Not that it couldn't happen, but what I'm saying is it won't be a true competition one versus one um, uh, at the beginning. But the difference is I don't think they're shutting out the, the idea that uh, that eventually, if even if it's not for week one, that, that Justin Fields could be their best quarterback. Mark, one argument is that when you have a quarterback on a rookie contract and he's just starting and he's supposed to be good, get as much value out of him as you can immediately start him week one. But the, the other side of that is people who will say, well, we want to make sure, for example, the offensive line looks good before we throw him out there. And they, you know, they made some adjustments to the line late in the season, Sam Mustafer moving into center and he's presumably going to be the starting center this year. Uh, and is there value in making sure that unit looks okay and everything else looks okay before you throw him out there as a starter in the regular season? Well, I think absolutely you have to do that. Uh, I mean, um, you know, it, but even that is kind of uh, is kind of a different kind of dynamic with a guy like Justin Fields because, like, um, yeah, obviously traditionally you never you you, know, you never want to get into a David Carr situation where I really feel like a bad offensive line with the Texans uh, just ruined that guy. I thought he would have been a much better quarterback if he didn't get his brains beat in for five years because of the offensive line. And there have been other examples where guys have just gotten beaten up, and you don't want that to happen. But this is a little bit different. The Bears' offensive line is really not that – they're not bad. I mean, they're average. Let's say, let's say they're average right now, maybe a little below whatever. But, but they're not you know horrible. A quarterback like Justin Fields can actually make your line better. There's that. There's also that possibility. I don't think you could say that with Trubisky. This is a guy who can. If a guy makes a mistake, let's say a guy gets beat, a guy, your left tackle gets beat. This guy can not only run away from that, but he can also turn that into a big play downfield. 
you know, like you see Mahomes do. And then all of a sudden, that then, then all of a sudden, that it doesn't look like the big mistake that 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 it always did with Trubisky or Foles or whoever. So my point is, yeah, you you don't want your offensive if, if the offensive line is a sieve and this guy is just totally uh, overwhelmed. Uh, yeah, you don't want to subject him to that. But if they're good enough. A guy like Justin Fields can actually take them to another level because he can make he can make average players better. So you have to consider that. I think you have to consider that as a factor too when you're looking at hey, do you really want to put this guy play this guy as a rookie? Because I'll tell you this. I know this is a long answer to your question, but you can find any example of a guy who's waited a year, a guy who got to start immediately, a guy who they thought like this Herbert last year, you know, they thought they said, no, we won't play him. Then they did, and he becomes the offensive rookie of the year. You can find guys who started in week three. You can find any example you want of and say, this is how you should do it. But that, well, all that says is there's no, there's no uh, rhyme or reason to, uh, to, to, to how it should be done. So I think they should be totally wide open. Uh, on this. That's fine. Expect Dalton to be the starter, but keep in mind that you might have something special here and don't be blind to that. You know, another way you can help out your quarterback is by continuing with good defensive play. And there were some uh, there there were some things to be concerned about last year. Robert Quinn wasn't especially good throughout the season. Um, I, I think you had a couple of players who were not as good as they typically are. You still have Khalil Mack. He's still great. Roquan Smith looks good. Um, but defensively, do you think there's enough there that they can be consistent from the year before and the year before that? Because, you, I mean, you know how defenses can be. Uh, it, could, it could be a thing where they have a considerable drop-off next year. Are you afraid of something like that? Well, I've always said, uh, as the Bears were going through this whole thing with Trubisky and just with the offense, that they just seem like just being, just you know, having been a Bears fan for so long, that it just seems like they're on a, pa- a path where they'll finally get the offense going by the time like Khalil Mack is 32 or 33, yeah, and, and the right. offense falls off. I mean, I could see that coming. That said, I, don't, I think we're still a couple years away from that kind of a drop off, and I think the I think the defense will actually be better this year than they have been. Well, they were in the last two years. I think Sean Desai, that fresh blood, I think is going to be uh, nothing against Chuck Pagano, but it just, it, it just, he just took the bite out of the defense. I just, whatever, whatever it was, he lost. You know, he, maybe it was bad timing. I don't know, but I think Sean Desai, kind of a young guy who's a sharp guy and has been in this defense and knows it. I think he's going to actually improve them and get more out of them as far as things like pressure and takeaways. And I think, like you know, losing Fuller is bad, but I think I think picking up uh, Eddie Goldman this year, I think overall that's a that's a net positive, because I think when you look at the way teams ran right through the very spot where Eddie Goldman was very often last year, I thought that was a bigger detriment than you than than than, uh, than people realized. And I think if they get better run defense, which puts them in better down and distance situations, and gives them more opportunities to put pressure, that's going to make a guy like Desmond Trufant, if he's healthy, into a much closer facsimile of of Kyle Fuller than they than they would have without Goldman. So I think overall, I, I could be wrong, but I just don't think that's. I think overall, I think that's a like I said a net positive, and I just feel like they're. I think their defense is actually. Uh, I don't. That's not high on my list of major issues. Um, uh, as far as things that could go wrong, I think most of them are still on offense. Is, is there still a lot left with uh, in the tank for J- Danny Trevathan, you think? Well, that's a very, very interesting question. I'll be honest, because I was totally on board with signing him. You know, Nick Kwiatkowski was a really good player, 
but um, and, and a younger player, and normally that would be a guy you could say, yeah, they probably, if they were thinking forward, sign the younger guy. But the way Trevathan played uh, two years ago and just the impact he has on the defense, I think I was sold by that. And maybe that's why I wouldn't be a very good GM. But I just felt like, yeah, he was still, even though he was 30, I felt like what he gave them was good. It was a big disappointment last year that he wasn't good. And he looks like, you know, because he's not like the most overly athletic guy, you know, that's a guy who, you know, if once he could fall pretty steep. And so you think after the year he had last year, you know, maybe that wasn't such a wise move now because I can I can see people already second guessing. I've heard that already and seen that. Yeah, they should have signed Kwiatkowski. Um, so, I, but uh, but I'll be honest, I don't have the answer to that. I, I it's probably more hope than anything else that I think he'll come back and be better this year. I think he might be, and I, I don't think you'll. I think he'll be better than he was, but I, I can't promise that. I, I can't say there's anything. One thing I see that will that will say that that will indicate that, but. The only thing I can say about that is that, you know, Roquan Smith is getting so good so quickly that that might neutralize it. And uh, he'll, and, and uh, th- that kid has another step he can take. He was all pro, what, second team all pro, I think, and, and just missed uh, the Pro Bowl. I think he could take another step this year, especially after seeing some of the guys ahead of him have some success in the playoffs and stuff like that. I, I think he's pretty motivated to take that next step. That might even be a reason why he's the lone defensive starter from last year who's on the field in these OTAs. Mark, appreciate your time this evening. I have decided to now become a Bears company man. I've I've moved, I've switched teams. I'm no yeah, longer I'm not a Sox- offended by that, but when I was a caller, <laughs> out, you asked me what, what bothered me. I just remember the frustration of that is, oh, because we all wanted to get on the White Sox. So uh, I, I apologize if I, if I offended Absolutely you. Absolutely not. But no, I, I, back, I appreciate you know. it. <laughs> for real. All righty. Well, <laughs> well, thanks, Chris. I appreciate it, and uh, thanks for having me on your show. You got it. That's Mark Potash of the Chicago Sun-Times. Yeah, you know, hey, I'm a company man, whatever. Wasn't trying to be. Uh, I I legitimately thought they were gonna be okay. I legitimately thought they were trying to be better. And uh, sometimes I I thought they made the right move and they didn't work out. Looking back on it, that sucked. That that sucked. That I was there covering Sox for ten years and saw four playoff games. Four. That ninety win team was really good too. Had a, a kind of a fickle bullpen, but that 90-win team was pretty good. Good offense. This team hits too many home runs, Chris. The Greg Walker lift and pull offense. Whatever that is. But that's what people told me. Yeah, man, that was a real shame. How about that? How Can you imagine having a 90-win team and not making the playoffs? Because two teams in your division won 95 and 96 outrageous let's get back to Cubs talk after this uh the uh, the Cubs with a big win today I look I I think they got to roll with this team there's there's nothing right now that indicates to me they should try to trade any of their big three or try to trade Craig Kimbrell do not subtract from this roster not now does anything indicate to you the Cubs should do that uh don't forget they were a half game up in the division it's almost the middle of June. 312-644-6767. I'm Chris Ranji. This is The Score. I mean, I think when it comes to the trade deadline, um, I guess I start trying to look at it a little bit from 30,000 feet, right? That, you know, we've been really aggressive here uh, to win 
ever since we've been in a winning mode, right? And I, don't, I think that's sort of undeniable. Um, I think sort of the industry standard that everyone uses that there's a you know, couple very rare you know, exceptions to this is that if you're in a pennant race, you try to get better and you try to, and you try to buy, and we've always done that. And I don't know why this year will be any, any different. I don't know. All right, so uh, that's Jed Hoyer. Um, are the Cubs going to do anything at the deadline? I, I'm almost okay if they just stand pat here. I don't know what they're willing to do at the deadline and what they're willing to give up to improve this team. I'm not sure there's there's enough there. And I don't think that that's I, I don't think that's what you do. I don't think the right approach is to to exhaust your minor league resources or your young talent to try and bolster this team. I think what you do is maybe you make a minor adjustment here or there and then you write it out. But the question really isn't so much, do they acquire anything at the deadline? The question is, do they subtract from this roster prior to the deadline? And when we talk about subtraction, what we're really talking about is trading away any of the three guys that have the most um, player impact value. And I think I think actual asset value, and I hate talking about people like this, but it, it's kind of what it is in baseball. But when we're talking about asset value as far as what you get in return for what you have to give up in order to make the deal happen, there might be more value than trading away Bryant and Rizzo and or Javier Baez because that, to me, is the most important part of this equation is what do you get in return for them? And I, I think that that is the best question here. In fact, we got this text message, and you are welcome to text into the show. In fact, I, I uh, encourage it. It is brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time. Shop online at RosenHyundai.com. And uh, this text message coming in uh, not too long ago. So if they don't deal any of the 14 free agents... You are ready to do a total rebuild for five years? That comes from a 708. Um, that's okay. L- let's put it this way: What do you think you get in return? And and to really jumpstart a rebuild, you know, you might look to the South Side, and you look to the Chris Sale deal, and in trading away Sale, they get guys like Yoan Moncada back. And in trading away Jose Quintana to the Cubs, you get Dylan Cease in return. Those are moves that help set your franchise up. Those moves in themselves don't set up your franchise for the future, but it gives you a nice um, starting point or it, it helps you move in that direction. What's the difference between those players, though, that the Sox traded away and what the Cubs have to trade away this year. There's one massive difference, and I don't think I'm telling you anything you don't already know, but maybe it's not something you're thinking about. You're you're probably thinking, well, Bryant is awesome, so he should get a haul in return. What's the problem, though? Chris Bryant is only under contract for another couple of months. That's the problem. So is Anthony Rizzo. So is Javier Baez. Those guys are free agents when this season is over. 
And teams, especially now, are not willing to give up their best young talent that really could help. Uh, Jumpstart may not be the right word, but it can help move along a rebuild or a retooling. When you get those good young players, you're not going to get those good young players for Bryant or Rizzo or Baez because they're not under contract. Chris Sale was under contract for years after when they traded him. Uh, Jose Quintana, same deal, still under contract for a while or under team control for a while. Teams now, and you have to factor in the pandemic and this thinking, teams now are going to probably for a year or two at least, and I wouldn't be surprised if some teams drag this out for the next several years, are going to talk about how much money they don't have. They don't have money to spend. Well, if you are a team that doesn't have money to spend, what's the most valuable thing to you? Cheap, young talent. I don't know how many teams are going to be willing to give up cheap, young talent for any of those three players for multiple reasons. Uh, Even in, you know, go back five years and you would be hard-pressed to find a team willing to do that. But now, post-pandemic, post-2020 losses financially that all of these teams are claiming, they're really not going to be doing that. So if the Cubs were able to make it in, and I don't think you trade a guy like Bryant or or any of the others unless you are going to get something significant in return. I, I am not at all of the mindset of trading guys just to get what you can get in return. Absolutely not. Just because you want to not be left empty-handed? No, you can get a draft pick in the offseason for them. You offer them qualifying offers. Probably none of them are going to take them because they will all be signed by somebody else. And and the worst-case scenario is you get draft pick compensation in return. So that's what I'm willing to do. Let's talk to Ray in Matson, Illinois. What's going on, Ray? Hello, Ray. How are you? Hey, how you doing? I'm good, my friend. Talk to me. Man, I'm just going to go back on the topic of what you were talking about earlier. You, you, right. I'm going to call you the expert because you know what you'll be talking about. On the Rizzo I, deal, I, well, I'm going to say this. When it comes to, to that, I am not the expert. I'm just listening to people who are. Okay, I'll take that. You, don't, you, you, wanna be, uh, you just want to be humble and, well, and, and modest at the same time. I get it. That's not um, it. Here's yeah, that's the deal. It. Here's the deal. I uh, absolutely agree with you because I am a cancer patient, was a cancer patient. Now I'm going through another deal in terms of lymphoma, right? But I'm on chemo like he was. Everybody's chemo is different depending on what type of cancer you got, right? But the difference is I can't do my vaccine while I'm on the chemo, if you mm-hmm. understand what I mean. Sure. But I'm still going to get the vaccine. His situation is totally different where he can actually get that done. I mean, he had cancer and beat it uh, with, 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 the, you know, with, the, with the Lord's help. Don't get me wrong, but you had something that's like I heard you say earlier, the chemo is far worse in the, in the uh, radiation, far worse than what than a vaccine would be. You got people that got symptoms out there that's taking the vaccine. 
they got conditions and they, they, they it's not a risk risk to them. They're kind of up in age maybe. They're like, well, I, I don't have nothing to lose. Let me take this because if I don't, something seriously can happen later. I mean, Biden, President Biden was on a on a circuit uh, yesterday or the day before, and he was mentioning about the how we lost six hundred thousand people from this thing. So that that that's the wake up call right there for the ones who don't want to take it. And so that's that's my take, man. I'm not going to talk to you off. Uh, I've okay. been a while since <laughs> I called you because this I'm, I'm, it's been a minute, but um, I'm I'm on I'm on chemo. Um, almost done with it, and, and I'm going to do the do the do the do the right thing too with the vaccine because I don't. Well, Ray, are, are you are you doing well? Oh, very well. The the cancer. You sound great. Uh, man, I can try. I'm, 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 now this is going to make you mad. I'm, I <laughs> Probably <feel> not. So <laughs> good. <laughs> I feel so good, man. It's like I don't even have anything, but I feel so good. The doctors ask me every time I come in. Every 21 days, I got to do the chemo, right? So, but I do other. Uh, days where they have to see me like for follow-ups and stuff and yeah. they say man you look fit and everything this and that i said yeah i feel fit and how you feeling i said i can go try for, for my dallas cowboys tonight oh boy <laughs> hey I, that doesn't let me tell you something that doesn't make me mad uh but i i feel like that's probably not is doing a disservice to you i feel bad for you and your cowboys and poor dak he's just not he's not getting the help he deserves now well, sorry ray and I, i'm glad to hear you're doing good uh, doing well and continue to get better, and we want you to call into the station again soon. Um, yeah, but I look. I'm I'm not an expert in this stuff at all, and I'm not saying that I am. I I think that it's it's just a matter of listening to people who know what they're talking about, and and not finding the person who just confirms what you want to hear. Like I'm I'm listening to the overwhelming amount of people who are experts in this field telling us one thing about this about the the situation the the virus the vaccines all of that that's that's what i'm listening to i don't seek out the one person who confirms what i want i don't want to take it so let me find the guy who says that it's nonsense and i shouldn't have to take it like okay i'm not doing that like like the entire time the pandemic was raging i wasn't looking for the one per like i didn't want to be in the middle of a freaking pandemic like i i hated it I hate the mask wearing. I hate all of it. I hate having to do all of this. I hate it. The, the part where you were staying home and nothing was open. I hated every bit of that. I, I like going out and I like visiting establishments and I wanted to be able for months to do all of those things, right? I wanted to do that stuff. And I, I, it, it would be so easy if I could just go confirm what I want and find the person who tells me it's okay against the 99 other people telling me it's not okay you know what i mean like i'm i'm listening to reality and not anything else um but from the cubs perspective it is and and i hope it doesn't maybe nothing ever comes of this maybe they don't get into a situation in september in a pennant race where a guy has to miss a game or two because they're trying to sort out a positive test and they're having to take these tests because they're not at the threshold i hope that doesn't happen for them i really don't especially because this could be a very tight race. 312-644-6767 is the phone number. Um, More of the Cubs and what they do at the deadline, and we're weeks away from it, but it is definitely worth talking about because this team is in first. They're a half game up in first place. Uh, We'll we'll keep you posted on what happens with the uh, Milwaukee Brewers tonight. They are playing right now, and uh, let's see. I, I lost the score. I had it. No, they're not. They are, they are not currently playing right now. Oh, my God. You know what? 
Talk to I'm me. Gonna talk <laughs> about one of the, I'm going to talk about one of the stupidest things that has happened in baseball the last couple of seasons, and I'll tell you about that next on 670 The Score. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago Sports Station. Broadcasting live from the SCORE Hyundai Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. I'm Chris Ranji until 9 o'clock tonight. Uh, what's on after us, Mike? We got anything good? Uh, CBS Sports Radio until, well, yeah, until the, the morning. morning. Yeah. yeah, okay. Well, what's on in the morning? We have a full lineup for you. I'll get that in a second. All right. Let me know when you get to it. I'm pretty sure Joe's on at some point, right? Joe uh, with his betting show. Um, I've been doing I've been doing some of that with Joe, the the BetQL daily on the Odyssey Sports app. Joe is fun. I'll be with him Monday through yeah Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday next week, nine to noon. If you want to listen to it, um, yeah. So I told you before the break, there's a thing that's happening. Well, I I'll just admit something to you. Sometimes I'm stupid and I overlook things. And I was looking for the Brewers' score, and I couldn't find it right away, but it was right there. I just bypassed it because I'm stupid. And um, that is the score that is most important right now. If, you, if you're scoreboard watching and you're trying to keep up in the division and wondering where teams are and where the Cubs sit, they're in first place. They are a half game up in front of the Milwaukee Brewers, who right now happen to be losing to the Pittsburgh Pirates. They are at home in the second inning. Oh, damn it, they just tied it. Never mind. It's 1-1. 1-1, bottom of the second. Come on, Pittsburgh. You know, could the Pirates just do something once? Just be good for once. I don't mean be good when you play the Cubs or anything, but like just for once, be dangerous. If I were a Pittsburgh Pirates fan, I would be, well, probably at this point, I'd be apathetic. But if I really got to thinking about it, I would be livid with the way my front office handled the team that I had. The potential of the Pirates being really good for a few years was there. You just go back a, a decade, right? And when they had guys like McCutcheon and, you know, of course, uh, eventually here comes Garrett Cole and, you know, they got to let him go because they don't have any money to sign anybody because they're the Pirates, they say. I would be livid thinking about my team who at one time assembled a pretty good core of players that could have contended for a while, yet my team did nothing to help them. Teams that, that were playoff teams but just didn't have enough, you know, didn't have enough to go deep in the postseason. I would be livid with that. And I guess at this point I'd probably be apathetic because when they're bad for so long, you just, yeah, you forget about it. You move on with your day. They become a non-factor in your life. I would be furious, though, deep down about them. So they're not doing the help tonight. If you If you wanted to enjoy a Friday night, and wake up tomorrow and have your team be in first place all by itself uh, may not happen because <laughs> Milwaukee gets to play the Pirates. 
good news is you get to play the Pirates, too, a lot more. Now, and quickly on the Pirates, why, why Chris Archer I, at the time that they made that deal? I, 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 it puzzled I, me. I don't know. That was bad. I, I, don't, I don't know. The appearance of trying to do something, I don't know. But, but that's not the thing you do. The thing you do is you hang on to your good players. If you, if you want to be good, you hang on to your, your players that are good, and then you try to help them out. I, I just, I, I don't... I yeah, that was the Tyler Glasnow and Austin yeah. Meadows deal, you know? Yeah, I mean, what, 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 are, what are we doing here, people? What is going on? I, I don't know what the Pirates do. I, I would hate it. So, this is always the thing that bothers me when you hear people say, well, at least your team is not the Pirates. Yeah, true. At least my team isn't the Pirates. But, you know, that's not good enough. I don't, I don't, I don't think any of us should shoot for just not being the Pirates. And for many years, well, at least we're not the Knicks. You know, that shouldn't be good enough. It should be, is my team going to win the whole thing? Or are they in position to win the whole thing? That's what this is all about. Oh, by the way, tomorrow, it's early odds. No, first we, we start with the scorecard. Barry Cronin and Mike Esposito, 6-8. to eight. Then early odds is on at 8 o'clock with Joe. Uh, inside the clubhouse at 9. Saturday suckage. You heard Rick, oh, you didn't hear Rick Camp. Rick Camp uh, popped on the microphone and talked to me uh, a little bit ago because he was leaving the station. He's on with Grody, or no, he's in for Grody. He's on with Rosie tomorrow, 11-2, to 2, and then a pregame show for the Cubs and the Cardinals at 540. You also have the evening game on Sunday night, too. Don't forget that. Cubs, Cardinals, right here on the score. That'll be on Sunday evening. It is not a day game, naturally, when it's Cubs, Cardinals. 530 pregame for that one on Sunday. 530 pregame show. Perfect. You're going to get a night game. I used to love, and I lived in Wrigleyville before I moved uh, out of town. I lived in Wrigleyville, and for the last three years, or no, no, uh, two years, two years, I lived there, just right outside the ballpark. And I, I look, I, I know I, I did White Sox stuff, and I was still working for the White Sox for a little bit when I lived there, and people... I, I thought expected me to hate Wrigleyville. I don't. I like it. I like Wrigleyville. I enjoy hanging out in Wrigleyville. It's a good time. And it is even a good time when the Cubs are there and it's busy. Believe it or not, I lived on Sheffield. I am very close to the ballpark. And I never had problems parking. Never. Like I, It's amazing. I never had trouble parking. You would think it'd be the, well, okay, I take that back. When it was close to them winning the World Series and they had that playoff run, they kind of blocked off all the parking around the ballpark. They didn't want anybody parking (laughs) anywhere near Wrigley Field. I think they were afraid of vandalism. So they made sure that no cars were parked in the area. So then I had to go find parking, and I went and parked several blocks away. I think I ended up on, uh, gosh, where was I? Like I was way down by Belmont, and um, it was it was west of Sheffield, like by a few blocks. So I parked my car and left it there. Forgot about it. Got a ticket. Unbelievable. Got a parking ticket because it was street cleaning day, and I hadn't gone to my car in a while, and I got a ticket. So yeah, I did have one difficult parking experience, and I'll tell you when that was. That was the night 
that they played the Pirates in that wild card game in 2015. When they, when that when that run was starting and you kind of got that feeling that okay this this team's pretty good they didn't win that year, but obviously you know what happened the following season that Pittsburgh Pirates game. So th- hey there you go a Pirates team that was good enough to get to a wild card game and that was about it. So that sucks for Pittsburgh and such a nice ballpark too to have to suffer through this crappy team playing in that field. They'd be better off bringing in like the. Charlotte Knights or something. I don't know. But anyway, yeah, parking in Wrigleyville, not that bad. If you have a permit, it ain't that bad. I enjoyed it. 312-644-6767 is the phone number. We're going to continue this Cubs discussion. Uh, Again, I told you we are exhausting every writer for the Chicago Sun-Times tonight. We're talking to everybody who works there. Next, we'll talk to Jared Willis, who covers the Cubs. He's going to visit with us. I'm Chris Ranji. You're listening to 670 The Score. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can Put the spring back into your step and into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.